to every generation. He gives the joy of his salvation. Oh, God's mercy. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. As I watch the world. Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. And uh, I want you to know that uh, we're talking about Acts chapter 8. And that's when Philip comes in the picture. And God uses Philip uh, to bring salvation to a man that was the treasure of the country of Ethiopia. And the queen of Ethiopia was Candace of, of, of Rush, which is, was a woman of great power. And Philip is a man of God that in Acts chapter 8 begins to do uh, and, and, and understand the connection between the will of God and, 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 and the purpose of God in the lives of people. So this is a very wonderful story to be able to, to hear and understand how God works things out. He orchestrates things out for the salvation of a believer. Now, this salvation is really important because you're talking about uh, an official, uh, you know, the treasure, a federal officer of the country of Ethiopia uh, receiving Christ, coming to Jerusalem to worship, and then returning home, there's a meeting between Philip and this man. So I'm going to use this to sort of uh, uh, exercise and, 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 and share with you how, how salvation occurs in the life of many people. Because it's not an uneventful thing. When salvation comes, it is a very dramatic, emotional, powerful encounter between a person and the Holy Spirit convicting. So, God sends an angel to, uh, uh, to Philip and tell him to go south. That's the only thing that the angel said. You know, I like to get some more information. Uh, where do I go? How do I get there? Uh, uh, can you tell me a little more? Not, not really. And that's really, really, really how God moves in terms of communication. If you study how the Holy Spirit moves uh, in terms of, uh, of, like say, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 12, the word, knowledge, or, or discernment of spirits. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But if you are a minister of the gospel, you've got to know these things. It's very important. When you don't know these things, you listen to, to anybody gabbing instead of the will of God. So, when you study the gift of discernment of spirits, you're going to find something interesting. If when He speaks to you, or a word of knowledge, it doesn't give you the whole picture. It gives... A little bit. And as you respond to it, a little more. As you respond to it, a little more. And so I'm, uh, I'm telling you that that's, that's how do I know that this angel is from God? Because, you know, it could be from the devil. He has many angels. So how do you know this is the angel from God? Well, does that help you? Oh, yes. You know, you're hearing all kinds of things during the day. Tons of information comes in night and day as to, you know, uh, you know why I like cowboy movies? You know why I like uh, Jim Hardy? 
from uh, 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 his show called uh, Wells Fargo is because I know the end of it already. There's not a single show from Jim Hardy, Wells Fargo uh, man, you know, special investigator, that he doesn't win or put in jail or, or get rid of it. But with God, it's not that way. You, you, you need to, you know, He only will continue the interaction if you are able to believe the first interaction. So the first interaction with Philip and God and the angel and the Holy Spirit. Because this is God dealing with Philip to find somebody to bring salvation to the man. So, so go to Gaza. Well, wait a minute. It's a hundred miles below Jerusalem. You know, Gaza, the news today, you know, where a lot of storms coming out of there on that piece of land south of Israel. That's a hundred miles from Jerusalem. And in verse 27, the Bible says that Philip arose. What do you mean arose? Got up, got his luggage, put on his back, got a hat, and had on and went. Now that reveals a type of spiritual movement that confers and documents and tells you that God's doing something. Now, if you know that, if you understand that, then you've got something. And by the way, it's almost, <laughs> it's a second nature. When I hear something like this, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'll do exactly as the Lord. I know that he's got something else. So, after Philip saw this important man, this official, uh, things began to happen. So let's go to verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, okay, uh, to go. Now, to go... The Holy Spirit is, is saying, let me read this because I'm, uh, I'm looking at the teleprompter over here. But let me look at this here. It says, uh, Then the Holy Spirit said unto Philip, as he got there. Now when he got there, there were many chariots coming and passing by. It's a long road from Gaza to Jerusalem. People come to worship in the thousands. And it says, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Now the verb here, this chariot, uh, 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 it's a very personal verb. It says, not that chariot, but this chariot. So there were many chariots. Now notice that's the second thing that God says through the angel to Philip. First, Go to the road to Gaza. Second, come near to this chariot. So, no intention, no purpose, no detailed direction. Just go near. Do you see the little piece of information coming in? In every area, when God is moving, He's expecting you to respond to Him as He gives you information. You will not hear anything else. And so I learned to wait. I learned to just pause for just a second. And he says, go near and join yourselves to that chariot. 
Okay? Uh, the verb here, uh, that chariot, is, is kolayo. It's a Greek verb that says, adur closely. Adur closely. Move closely. So, so the response in verse 30 is really hairy. <laughs> I want to I read this. So uh, it says, Then Philip run tither. Well, that's the King James, and being a Brazilian, Brazilian uh, preacher like me, uh, tither is uh, it's kind of a... But, hither. Thither. I don't even know how to pronounce the word. Thither. So, so what it means, uh, uh, Frankie? It means... Close to him. So, so, so Philip run close to him. Now, the word here that I want to call your attention is run. That shows, listen, let me ask you this. When Mary Magdalene told the disciples about the tomb being empty, what really happened? They run. Remember that John runs ahead of Peter. <laughs> and they found the empty tomb. So, uh, uh, let me scroll down here a little bit more. Now, uh, just a little more. Scroll down, down. Just scroll down, down. Not, not, not up, but down. Okay. Let's see. So, Philip runs to the Gentile treasure. He hears the man reading the prophet Isaiah. So, the only way that he could hear the man reading the prophet Isaiah, if he was actually obedient to run close to him. You can't hear if you're not hearing. You can't hear if you're not close. He's reading the Bible. So that is why God said to him, join closely, go near. Now, is the Lord, in terms of communication, Trying to do something here. Now this happens in counseling sessions. This happens as I meet people in the streets. This happens as I uh, sing a song. This happens as I pray for people. This happens as I go to missions and, and lay hands on people. You know, one of the things that I'm, I've, I've learned to do is that I want to sit in the pulpit of a church or I want to sit uh, uh, watching the service as it develops. Because usually, you know, when they invite an evangelist to come, uh, they, uh, they keep them sitting there and they do everything they want to do. When about 10 minutes to 12, they turn to the evangelist. In other words, we don't want to give this guy too much time. You know, he, he, he's kind of weird. And I, I've noticed that. And I don't care about that, but I just uh, want you to know that the, as I stood, as I sat facing the congregation for 45 minutes, I've seen everything. I've heard. Meaning God wants to communicate. He wants to talk to you. He wants to. But you've got to be willing to somehow uh, believe that He is able to do it. And you're going to have faith to believe He's doing it. So, is there an orchestration here? Oh my goodness. God is just went in total detail, direction, intention, purpose. Why? Well, he, he, he tells him to go 100 miles south. 
when he gets there, he sees that chariot. He tells that chariot. Then, as he looks at the chariot, he says, go near the chariot. I mean, uh, what else? Can you hear what he's saying? Can you hear what he's reading? So, tell me, does God actually was listening to the treasure man reading Isaiah? Yes, he was. How come God did it? Well, internet in those days was very powerful. The hi-fi in, in, in Gaza, the road to Gaza was just amazing signal. And, of course, you know, he had his uh, Apple phone right to him so you could hear him. Oh, come on. You've got to believe that God is more powerful than anything you've ever seen in terms of communication. These cameras and these TVs and the Internet service and all of that is, 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 is uh, rudimentary. Meaning it doesn't, it doesn't quite match the greatness, the power, the awesomeness, the sovereignty, the omnipresence of the Lord. You know, God's, uh, God's uh, internet service, Wi-Fi service is called omni, omnipresence.com because He is everywhere. Now, as soon as the word came to the ear of Philip that the man was reading Isaiah, he heard what the man was reading, then Philip takes over. Do you understand what you're reading? You know, it wasn't sort of a, a sir, I'm, I'm Philip, the great evangelist that comes past by here. I'm led by God, and I came down to, from uh, there, here. Not really. Do you understand? In other words, that's the, that's the Holy Spirit of God. Instead of chit-chatting with somebody about something, get to it. Don't converse where you've been, where you come, where you're from. Let me, do you understand what you're reading? Meaning, 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 if the man is reading Isaiah, the idea is, do you understand what you're reading here? This is really important. Okay, well, let's go on. Do you understand what you're reading? So let me go into... Let me go into, uh, 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 and this is, uh, we're reading on verse 30. Uh, and he said, okay, how can I accept some men should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. How can I understand if you don't explain to me? You mean, you're reading Isaiah but you have no idea what it is. So when you are scholarly, when you are taught, when you are enlightened by the Holy Spirit, when you read Isaiah, God will reveal to you in the quietness of your room what He is saying. If your heart is open to God. So this man is in a beautiful chariot going to Jerusalem you know, if he's a hundred miles south, he must have gone another two hundred. Because in those days, <laughs> Ethiopia is south of of Egypt. It's in an area that today is Sudan. So tell me, how many how many hours it comes from southern Egypt to Jerusalem? I'd say about. Uh, about three days journey, about another 20 hours. And then you have 
a hundred miles to go on a chariot. So it's a it's a it's a, a week long travel. And and here's this man reading Isaiah. Perhaps the the chariot's covered by 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 umbrellas, you know, to cover him from the sun. And he is just uh, sitting on a comfortable uh, sofa, you know, uh, the treasure of the uh, queen of Egypt. And he is uh, he's just reading. But he didn't understand it. And so here's, here's, uh, here's what this man does. Sir, could you come up and could you sit close to me? Uh, uh, come together. Now all of this is beginning, is happening as, as chariots are coming to Jerusalem and as, as the evangelists... Philip is sitting now with this man in his own chariot. Oh, what a sweet thing. What a sweet thing that when you can sit with someone and you say, Listen, I want to explain to you the Word of God. I want to tell you what this means. And I had some wonderful experiences in my lifetime by sharing this. Let me tell you what it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it is, and this is what it means, and this is what it is. And as you explain, the eyes of the person becomes uh, uh, open, and a smile, and uh, the face changes in terms of of the muscles of the face, and and tears, and and the heart is wide open to the revelation of the Holy Spirit. You don't know how many times. I have seen that. You know, as this person comes to me in Brazil, uh, uh, a, a very, 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 very uh, depleted man, alcoholic, and I explained to him why, why, what happened when his wife died. And I told him some things I needed to say, and I introduced him to Christ. And I read the scriptures to him. And I explained to him that Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. He rose from the dead on the third day. And, 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 uh, and, uh, and 40 days later he ascended into heaven. Ten days later the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And, and started the, the church of God. And the Christian church in the world. And empowered the, 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 the apostles with the Holy Spirit, and oh my goodness gracious, he said, Jesus is in heaven, in heaven, at the right hand of God, at the right hand of God, he can hear your prayer, say to him now, pray to him, come on, say a prayer, open up your eyes and say, and he begins to pray about his wife, and with his eyes open, and I say, now now repeat after me, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I have no right whatsoever for eternity, and I love my wife so much that the only way I can go to her is if I'm able to be saved by grace and join her in heaven. And he said, God, I want more than anything else. So I receive Christ. And he falls on his knees right in front of you. And you kneel down with him and hug him in his neck. And he's shedding tears, tears, and tears, and tears. And there's nothing you can do but comfort and console this man that knows where his wife is today. See, that is what God does. That is the reason why you are listening to me today. So you can understand that when you are about to introduce somebody to Christ, 
it's an experience that you have to know that God is speaking to you. It's kind of funny. If you know that He is talking to you and how He does it, becomes much more comforting and you're much more obedient because you know exactly. So do you understand? And of course, uh, 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 the man responds, how can I understand if you don't explain? So the place of the scripture which he read was, was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. He's referring to the cross in the manner of approach by our Lord to this sacrifice. How, how he suffered. You know, he's referring to the house of Caiaphas. Because the night before the crucifixion, they took Jesus to the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, and the soldiers, and the priests, and anybody who was inside of the house, hit abused our Lord to where in the morning he was not recognizable meaning his body took the blow as he got up he was hurt again and again and again broken broken bones on his face was (coughs) a reality and in verse 23, 33 says, In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Meaning that all justice, all justice, all powers to what correction, concern, suspended for a moment so Christ could be tried, guilty, and crucified. What a deep moment of pain. And I know that Philip, understood this moment of being alone in the house of Caiaphas. Peter, uh, Philip was uh, in Jerusalem at the time of Jesus' crucifixion. You're talking about year 33. And he tried to explain to this man, that man that was crucified uh, in Jerusalem the night before he was crucified, he was exposed as a sheep before uh, before uh, before his shear, he not opened his mouth, didn't say a word. Isaiah prophesied this event thousands of years before it happened. You're talking about the book of Isaiah. That's a couple thousand years before. If you go to Isaiah, you're going to see that this is this is much longer, much earlier. If you go to the book of Isaiah, and I want to do this so you you understand how important that is this morning. And you go to a chapter, you go to the first page of the book of Isaiah. And uh, it was written 760 years before Christ. And how 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 convicting that is. How convicting that is to a man who never heard about this before. And so, and the eunuch answered Philip, and said, I pray thee, of whom speaks the prophet this? In other words, of himself or some other man? In other words, 
What does Isaiah mean? He's talking about himself. He's talking about another man. Who is he talking about that as, as a lamb before his shear here? Would you explain this to me, sir? I want to know what you're talking about. And then verse uh, 35. You know, it's, uh, it's, this is written by Luke. Luke was a doctor. Greek educated. Then Philip opened his mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh when, you, when you see a door into somebody's heart, you just want to open your mouth and move right in it because you know there's something about to happen. Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. This is Isaiah 53 verses 7 and 8. He explains the Ethiopian that the prophet Isaiah is speaking about Jesus. And you could see the face of this man, a eunuch, <clears throat> meaning castrated for official purposes. Meaning an obedient servant of the queen. Open his eyes and says, You're talking about the one that was crucified in Jerusalem? Isaiah, 760 years before Christ. He's talking about the one that last week was crucified in Jerusalem. Pilate condemned him and, uh, and, and they let Barabbas go and they crucified Jesus uh, between two thieves. Is that the one you're talking about? You see, all these things that are happening in this teaching is just to explain to you that if you're conscious of the will of God and the heart of God and the power of the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit, then you know how God is about to do something special in the life of somebody. But if you are totally ignorant about how God moves, how God performs, how God does things, you have a sort of a, you know, God saves. My well, man, you're not a part of it, and, and God is doing everything, and He's thankful that you are. In other words, there are thousands of people going to church who never had a confrontation with God, or the Holy Spirit, or the name of Jesus. And the problem is the church grows small. It enlarges because it becomes a community, but it's so slow. It is so slow. And so you have these large churches everywhere, but the understanding is so diminished. And so I'm asking you, do you understand the Scriptures as I'm beginning to share with you today? And as they went on their way, so in other words, as they began to travel now, they came unto a certain water. So, if they came into a certain water, it simply means that, uh, that Philip talked about uh, salvation. Because, see, Jesus, before his ministry began, went into the Jordan and was baptized by John the Baptist. So water baptism is critically important to those that accept the Word of God and accept Jesus Christ resurrected on the right hand of God. And the eunuch said, see, 
Here's the water. <laughs> I would too. If I understood who Jesus is and what He's done for me, I <laughs> baptize me, please, sir. And the eunuch responded, See, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? He accepted Christ, was now eager to follow the Lord in water baptism. And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Let me ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God today? And if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God today, you've got to be baptized. Go somewhere, get somebody, get a preacher, and tell him, baptize me. I'll tell you a funny story. I was at, uh, at Yardnik in Israel with a group. Uh, about 20, 25 people, and we were about to baptize them in the Jordan River. And a lady came out of nowhere from Africa. I remember she had the attire of, of African clothing. And here she interrupted the baptism and said, Sir, could you baptize me? I need to be baptized. I receive Christ today. And I want to be baptized, but I don't know nobody. I said, ma'am, get on the line, come in here. I remember that as I went down with her, she took her my hands out of her hands, and she just disappeared. It took about two or three minutes until I found her way down on the Jordan River, swimming away, giving glory to God and yelling and screaming. I'll never forget that. Do you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Be baptized today. Find somebody somewhere. Find a pool. Find a preacher. The Lord bless you. All around me, I can see His from the seed of Abraham. And let them through the wilderness into the promised land. In boundless love and mercy. He gave His only 